Hello law promoters and welcome to the sixth in a seven part series on seven things that seven figure law promoters don't do. So let's keep going. And just as a quick reminder, please remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get this so I can notify you as soon as I update a new episode. Okay, so six, today we are going to talk about communication. And here's the full disclosure. I know that as human beings, there's no class on communication. And even if you were a communications major, it means nothing, right? Like it's not at all how I mean communication. It's very, very difficult to be a human being and make sure that your communication is clear and it's effective and that everyone around you understands what you are doing and what you are saying and what you want them to do and what the expectations are and never have any misunderstandings, right? That is literally not possible. And I am not even going to try to get you to, to getting to any form of perfectionism. This conversation is really about the simple things that I see law firm owners doing. And they are the tiniest little changes. Like when we talk about changes, this is the easiest thing to correct. And it has the greatest impact. So now that I've got your attention, let's talk about communication. So communication is who you're saying it to. It is what you are saying. It is the tool or method of communication that you're using. And it's also how often are you communicating it? And now that I've listed those four things out and your head is spinning, let's take a step back and let's talk about something really simple. Most law firm owners don't actively communicate everything that is in their brain. Their brains are moving so fast that they just assume that people are in their heads with them and that we know exactly what needs to get done, when it needs to get done and by when, right? And the reality is that that's just not how we are created as humans, right? I, I'm not telepathic. I have no idea what you're thinking as you're listening to this podcast and you have no idea what I'm going to say next, right? And any law firm that I've worked in, any lawyer I have worked with has at some point expected me to read their mind. And I always look at them and I'm like, did you tell me that? Like, I didn't know that here are all of my notes from that meeting. I do not have that written anywhere. And if there were a recording of that meeting or a transcript of that meeting, that would show you that we didn't talk about any of this, right? So here's why I bring that up. This is one of the places that lawyers get in a lot of trouble, right? And it is also as we know, one of the reasons why so many bar complaints get filed against attorneys, failure to communicate, failure to communicate effectively, failure to communicate fast enough. If you're not responding quick enough to your clients, that could very easily be a bar complaint. If you're not responding quick enough to opposing counsel, that could be another bar complaint, right? We are in this very fast digital world and it's almost as if the expectations have increased with the ease of communication. People are expecting to be able to inbound us at 6 p.m. and expect something by 10 p.m. and just all these crazy sort of 
blending and mixing of what's appropriate and what's not and where did all the boundaries go at work yeah that's also what i'm talking about here okay so let's talk about how you create effective communication with your clients with your team with opposing counsel with judges because the reality is is that as a law firm owner there are going to be so many things going on in your brain at once that you're going to have to figure out how to delegate these things and it's not just delegating them it's delegating them effectively okay so one of the things that i recommend in the communication process is that you have to fully like explain things with what i call the sesame street principle i did not make this up some very brilliant person at png created this okay and i think he was the ceo of the company or something like that i don't remember who created it but it's a sesame street principle when you explain things to someone you have to explain it to them using that sesame street principle can someone understand it can everyone understand it can a six-year-old understand it right that doesn't mean you are insulting the person that you are communicating with that doesn't mean that you assume that they only have a six-year-old's iq no that is not what i'm saying and that doesn't mean condescend them that doesn't mean talk slowly that that's so not what i'm saying what i'm saying is are you clear and are you effective if you tell someone okay I need you to go through the Smith file. I needed you to pull out all of the, the discovery documents that we got. And then I need you to go ahead and get it into a binder. And then I need you to go on to the Johnson file. And I need you to pull out all of the receipts because I think there was something in one of the receipts. I don't remember some restaurant or something and something happened there. And then I need you to go into the Nelson file. And from the Nelson file, I need you to reach out to the judges uh, chambers and I need you to let them know that I'm gonna be 10 minutes late because there's insane traffic and that judge always gets upset um, that is not effective communication and also raise your hand if your boss at some point has communicated that to you in that way like not effective at all it is confusing it's overwhelming and the speed at which you are talking, most people cannot follow. They can, even if it's shorthand, it's very difficult to even get that in shorthand. By the way, not a lot of people even do shorthand anymore. It's a lost art. Um, and I say all of that to say, you have to slow down. Sesame Street principle, right? Explain things slowly, explain things in a way that people can actually understand what is being said and that they can actually then get the things done without coming to you seven different times. Like, wait, Nelson had the receipt? No, Smith had the receipt. No, Johnson had the receipt? Who had the receipt that you want me to look for? Like, it's on you to communicate effectively, okay? When you are speaking to your clients, please do not use any form of legal terminology. Do not use the word navigate. Do not use the word solvency. Do not use insolvency. Do not say damages. Do not say plaintiff. Do not say defendant. Do not say opposing counsel. Do not say any of those words because your client has no idea what any of those words mean, okay? And even if you think that they know that they are the defendant or that they are the plaintiff, assume that they don't. Just say, here's what's gonna happen, here's the next step. Like explain things to them very clearly, okay? Here's the next thing. When you are communicating with your team on what needs to get done, 
Here's what lawyers do all the time. They have one form of communication. They call or they send one text or they tell you over Zoom, okay, this is what you're gonna do and then you need to edit this. Let's go over this red line. Here's why I redlined it. Okay, done, boom. Okay, that is ineffective. You've only communicated that once and it's not really gonna stick, okay? What you need to do is you need to make sure that as you are going through that red line with them, add your comments in, type them in. Don't just leave them there as like communicated you know, out of your mouth, it needs to also show up written so that they can see it with their eyes, right? So it's two ways that they can digest that information from listening to you and from seeing it, right? It's so important for your team, especially in the beginning, especially in the first 90 days, the first 180 days, for you to make sure that you are communicating with your team effectively by communicating through frequency, right? You want to make sure that you are doing it more than once, saying the same thing more than once. And I don't mean raising your voice because you've now had to say it twice. I don't mean giving attitude because you've had to say it more than once. That is on you, right? It is not on the person that you've hired. Now, if you happen to be saying the same thing six and seven times the same way out of your mouth and it's still that you have mistakes and you know the process is still not figured out and things are still getting messed up then my recommendation is use a different form of communication that form the words coming out of your mouth them listening it's not registering for them it's on you to create a second method Okay. And this is why there are so many companies that do those initial tests when people join, right? How do you learn? They do disc assessments. They try to figure out where, what's your personality type? How do you learn? How do we communicate with you effectively? It's really important that when you are onboarding an employee, you ask them, what is your preferred method for learning? What is your, how do you understand things? Is it through video? Is it visual? Is it auditory, right? You have to figure that out with them. I don't see law firm owners doing this. And then they're very upset when they've hired the wrong associate. They're very upset when they've spent all this money and the results are not what they expected. It's on you to communicate effectively, frequently in the way that, that it works best for them their methodology, not yours, right? Because if it was you, you would just say whatever is coming out of your mouth. You would expect someone to write all of that down or record it and then get everything done, right? The, I mean, I used to work with a lawyer who had a dictaphone and he would just, you know, record all day. But guess what? That also didn't work. It's incredibly ineffective. There were a few times where the battery died. He didn't have a backup battery or he thought he hit the record button, but didn't hit the record button. And then, you know, he had a very thick Southern accent and I could not hear it that well. And I, I would always like jumble up words as I was listening back to what he was saying. So look, I say all of this inside of communication because seven-figure law firm owners have systems created around communication. They communicate with their clients frequently, 
right? They don't leave them in the dark. Now, especially personal injury attorneys, listen up. I know you are notorious for this. Your client should not be wondering whether or not you're still working on their case. Your client shouldn't be reaching out to you after two months, after three months to be like, hey, what's going on? It's your job as the attorney, as the business owner to create effective systems for communication. And that means keeping people in the know. And my rule of thumb on communication for lawyers, especially for lawyers, is over communication is the standard. That is the lowest bar. What feels like over communication for you is actually just normal communication for everyone else. Think about the, the life cycle of a case, okay? Especially if it's personal injury. Person gets hurt, comes to see you. They're in a ton of pain. They're still recovering from their accident. Maybe they're on pain meds. They sign something with you. They're still going through their healing process. They're in um, you know, physical therapy. They're trying not to have to go through surgery, right? And then you know, they're getting some notices from you, but they're not really sure what's going on with the case. They're getting these notices, but there's no actual communication. There's just emails that they're being CC'd on. There's, there's nothing and then all of a sudden they get a copy of a demand letter and they're like, what, <laughs> what? Like, did you, are we done? Like, is that what's happened here? Like, there's no communication, right? And what I tell especially personal injury attorneys is even if there is no update, give them an update. So, client matter, Smith versus, you know, nationwide, whatever, Claim number, blah, blah, blah. Hi, Mr. Smith, just wanted to let you know that there is no update. We are currently waiting on medical records. We will email you again in two weeks to let you know what the status is. Two weeks go by, same thing. You create that email as a template so you don't have to keep sending it from scratch over and over again, right? Systems and processes, right? technology so that you're not using your admin's time and you you just always stay in communication with your clients because when there is communication that's when your clients are like wow look how great that attorney was called me emailed me every two weeks even when there wasn't an update that is an attorney who's going to get referrals right that is an attorney who's going to get the business right but the attorney with no communication Good luck, right? That's when your clients are gonna be calling you and you're gonna to have to hire like six different paralegals or six intake specialists just to handle all of the inbound calls because you're not doing your job to make sure that you're communicating across the board, okay? And just as a note of reference, your clients, yes, they have expectations for you to get things done for them in a timely manner, but if there is a delay, let's say you got caught up, you couldn't, get something done, a contract reviewed, you know, an emergency came up, whatever, life happened, right? Life happened. And your client has to reach out to you to check the status of that contract. I've had to do that a couple times with a couple attorneys. And my thought process is always like, okay, that's good to know that I have to keep reaching out to you. You said you were gonna get it done by this date, it's not done, and now I'm reaching out to you and you're telling me it's another day. I would much prefer that you get ahead of it. I would much prefer that you tell your client, hey, I'm just letting you know, I was expecting to get this done by this date, but unfortunately, because of the holidays, because of blah, 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 you don't even have to give a because of, 
right? You can just say, this deadline is now, or I will get this complete for you by, and I look forward to getting that done with you. And as soon as I get it done, I will give you a call. As soon as I get it done, I will send you an email. As soon as I get it done, I will send you an email and a text so that you know that it's done. As soon as I get this done, I will schedule our next follow-up appointment, right? Over communication is the standard, okay? You cannot leave your clients just wondering what's gonna happen. Even if it's bad news, even if you're delayed, even if you had personal crises come up, even if you got lazy, even if you didn't have time to do it, even if you were hungover, right? Give your client the benefit of communication. Just let them know, right? And here's, here's a test for how you know if you're a bad communicator. Think about the conversations you have with the people in your life, your husband, your wife, your children, your parents, whoever it is. Are they saying to you, I wish you would have told me that earlier. Why didn't you tell me that? Don't you think you should have told me that? Right, if you are constantly hearing that, then you've got a little bit of a problem with communication. And while we can't fix it fully in one podcast episode, I do want you to start thinking about systems and processes that you can create because this is what my seven-figure earners do, right? They are all about systems and processes, especially when it comes to communication. They don't leave anyone in the dark. We have template notes that they use. So anytime that they're talking to their clients, anytime that they're talking to their team, there's a template, right? That says, this is due by this date. There's no confusion. Everyone understands what everyone's responsibilities are. Clear, effective communication across the board, even with opposing counsel even with the judges chambers, even during a pandemic, okay? All of this is totally possible. You just have to stop thinking like a lawyer and start thinking like a business owner, okay? All right, so that wraps it up for this episode. Thank you so much for listening in. We have one more to go, and I'm so excited to wrap up this series with you because I'm hoping that you've learned so much specifically about what seven-figure earners do because it's very different than other law firm owners. If you wonder why you never break that seven figure, if you never get past 800,000, 700,000, 500,000, this is why. You're not doing all seven of these things. And seven figure earners do all seven of these things, right? Okay, that's it for today. See you next time. Bye lawyers.